Hello, my friend. I've missed you. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, the show for creatives who are promoting their work online. And here we are popping up to bring some wise words to the wilderness between Christmas and New Year. What day is it? When are we eating again? And can I go home yet? While we're stuck here, let's look back and forward to the year that was and the year that will be on Instagram, the app that tends to unite my audience, whatever else you might be doing, and I hope you're doing something else too. 2022 was quite the year when Instagram decided to go full TikTok, then sort of recognised off the back of the Make Instagram, Instagram again movement that perhaps if we wanted TikTok, we would go onto TikTok and rolled back on all out video and suggested content to sometimes show us photos from our friends again. Many creative businesses have thrived and many have struggled to survive. And a lot of us have been confused and questioned, is it possible to make Instagram work anymore? I've got a gang of Instagram pals together to talk it through. I feel like Instagrams have been a bit like a sort of kind of distracted teenager this year, you know, and I've got teenagers in my house, so I know what that's like, you know, kind of distracted by all the shiny things that all its friends are doing, and it's trying to be a bit of everything. On reflection, when you look at this year, I feel like there's been lots of firefighting, I don't know if that's the right word, but lots of like reactive posts from me and content to kind of reassure people in my Instagram community, because at one point during the year, I think between like June and October, Instagram were just, it was relentless. You know, people, there were just changes, new updates, you know, testing happening. And I think people were genuinely starting to burn out. And also it does drive traffic to your website. It does drive business. It does drive sales. And apart from your time and effort, which obviously is huge, it is free. We don't have to pay to register. So I think, yeah, sometimes when there's all this hysteria, I just want to remind my audience of the basics, why we're on there, and the free benefits that you do get from it, which I do think make it worthwhile every day. These are my Instagram expert friends who've all got stage names. We're joined by Pink Storm Social, aka Insta Specialist Miller Richardson, Spark Social, known to her friends as Insta Pro Lou Chudley, and Rebuildagram, also known as Kirsty Raper, who's your go-to for Instagram Reels inspiration and support. We chat about how we found it this year on Instagram, what we'd like to say to Insta bosses if we were given the chance and how to make it work next year and how to stay sane while doing it. I began by asking the girls how 2022 has changed their feelings and perspective on what makes great Instagram. This year I have massively lent into video. And I was already a big video fan in 2021, but I was probably about 50% of my content was video. And I would say by the end of 2022, 80% probably is, is video content. And I don't just mean um, reels, I mean on stories everywhere where I have a choice when I pick up my phone to take a photograph or take a video, I'm taking video now. So it's absolutely, that's my one biggest change. And the second thing is I think I sort of listened to my own advice a bit this year. So when I was making reels last year, I think I was just sort of coming up with an idea, throwing it at the wall and making a reel. I kind of wasn't very strategic about it. And I think what's been a real change for me is I figured out that I had to have a strategy for my reels. So I have now have reels that... Um, you know, build my engagement with my community. I have different reels that grow my follower numbers by making trending reels. 
I have reels that drive sales and I have reels that um, establish me as an expert. And that, for me, has been the biggest change in what I've done this year. And I've seen quite a dramatic change, not necessarily in, in viewers and plays on my reels, um, but in terms of lead generation, clients, you know, recommendations, which to me is so much more important. So that's been my big change this year. I'd say that strategy is something I'm thinking of more now coming out of the end of this year in terms of just being more thoughtful, more about what products I'm building towards selling and what kind of content I then share in like quite a quite a chunky amount of time before I'm going to sell them not just like whoa my god something's on sale let's just churn out loads and loads of content it's more like okay in three months like in the next three months what are my content priorities and how is that going to serve my business better thank you Kirsty. we'll talk loads more about reels I'm absolutely sure Miller how about you how does 2022 leave you changed yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think there's no doubt Instagram has been a wee bit chaotic in 2022. And I have kind of taken a step back and I would say my main change between now and this time last year is that I think that less is more for my account. So I'm putting a lot more thought behind each post, which I know we'll talk about a lot more. Um, and Kirsty touched on it about being a bit more strategic, but definitely thinking about each post more, spending more time on each post and then hoping that the results are going to be better from that. Because there are so many people posting content and I think the only way really to stand out is to put more thought behind each post and be make each post the best it can be. That's probably my biggest change from this time last year. Thank you, Miller. You've always been a bit less is more and I'm probably a bit more is more to my detriment. Um, Lou, how about you? What have you learned, my love? Well, that's funny because I think like you, I've always, even though the advice I give to people is, you know, just post, you know, three really good posts a week. I think I try, like you said, Kirsty, try to listen to my own advice, but I still think I've got to get some more out there. And actually, as I've gotten busier through the year, I just haven't been able to do that. So like Melissa said, I think I've just tried to be, you know, make everything a bit more meaningful. So the stuff that I do post does land. And also when I've kind of sold different things this year, different workshops. I've done more in-person stuff. So I've tried to use uh, the content I've posted, particularly Reels, really strategically just to to test it as well, to see if it was going to generate more sales. Um, and that's been a really interesting experiment to see. You know, like we always say, you know, test it out, see what works, what doesn't work. But I think I've posted less and just tried to be, yeah, like, you know, you were saying about your plan for the year ahead, just plan you know, particularly when I'm selling something because so that I can have a target and see if I can reach it with the content I'm posting. Um, I'd say I've noticed that in your content. Definitely. Um, I think for what it's worth, my kind of learnings are, are not, I guess, nothing new. It's just a bit like really trying to kind of, again, take my own advice really think about the long game and I suppose the longer you are in this business of content creating and sharing you do see it as a much longer journey than in your first year or six months um and to just do do more of what feels naturally me and I suppose I have had struggled with reels and we can get into that more struggle's not the right words it's just like it was there was a real disconnect between I just it doesn't feel very me to do certain types of content I was just like you know what then just don't and do things that do feel like yourself um because life is because I'm 46 and that surely is the only way um 
Camilla, you had a kind of a big moment in the year. Before we talk about the maybe downsides of Instagram's slightly odd year, you had a you, you had a, a reel that went hugely viral and it really grew your Instagram followers. Why don't you share that story with us first of all? Oh gosh, when you said there's a big moment, I was like, oh, what's that big moment I've missed? Um, but yes, no, that was amazing. So yeah, probably in the summer, maybe around July, August time, I had a reel that hit. Well, it's hit 42 million views now. What? And my following. Oh I know. my goodness, isn't it mind? And what's interesting is it's. It is mind-boggling and it's still rising, like, which I find really interesting. The algorithm's still pushing it out, which is interesting. Um, and yeah, it took my followers from 11,000 to, I think, 54,000 in about seven days, um, which was incredible for me to experience. You know, obviously as an Instagram trainer, to be able to have been through that is really, really helpful when I'm talking to other people about it. Um, there were definitely pros and cons. The pros were obviously that it took my business worldwide. You know, I've had some amazing um, work inquiries and I've done some amazing business in Boston and New York. You know, it really did open up Pink Storm to a much wider audience. Um, but there were lots of downsides. And actually at the moment, I'm losing followers hand over fist. <laughs> you know, I've probably lost 400 in the last three days. And I think that's, for me, the drawback of Reels going viral is that the followers are quite fickle, I would say. So if they follow you from one <clears throat> piece of content, are they going to carry on following you? You hope that they are. But if they don't, they really do leave. And I think that does affect the algorithm because they see that suddenly you're having lots of followers on following you. So I think it has affected my engagement rate as well. So short term, it was incredible. Long term, I'm not sure I'd be a huge promoter of it, to be honest. And I guess it's something we just have so little control over. I mean, it's Kirsty, it's, it's not a strategy you promote, is it, to try and get a viral no. reel no we thought I mean I we do have um one of our students um went viral within our reels rockstar community we do a membership and um, teaching people how to make reels and they um it, it, similarly similarly Miller to your experience it, because she does an online coaching service it's really transformed her business but she, out of the sort of thousand people that we've worked with she's probably the only one that's gone viral you know and so to seek that out as a goal, I think is sort of unrealistic. And I think Mel is probably right. You know, if your if your Instagram account is brilliant and you go viral, then great. But you know, a viral reel isn't the answer to everything. You know, like Miller's done really well because her content is so brilliant, and people come to her grid after they find her reel and they go, "Oh my god, this is so good." But you know, those those kind of um, you know, I, I think we talk about them as vanity metrics, the stuff about, you know, the Reels views, you know, try not to worry about them. It's really hard when you press that Reel button and, pr and post a Reel and it only gets 200 views in the first hour. Your heart sinks. But if those 200 people want to come and buy from you, then that's great. It's like try and I think the big thing in 2023 is let go of those vanity metrics about views. And I would say, actually, you know, because Reels are not my superpower, still other content gets better reach for me anyway and I'm sure that's you know we can talk about that more too Lou how do you feel about it's been so, it's been such a weird and turbulent year on Instagram with so many changes a lot of, a lot of which now have been slightly rolled back how, how do you end the year feeling about Instagram did you go off it in the summer when it went mad or were you actually always quite like this is fine I, I quite like it I think on reflection when you look at this year I think I feel like there's been lots of 
firefighting. I don't know if that's the right word, but lots of like reactive posts from me and content to kind of reassure people in my Instagram community. Because at one point during the year, I think between like June and October, Instagram were just, it was relentless. You know, people, there were just changes, new updates, you know, testing happening. And I think people were genuinely starting to burn out. I remember it got to the summer holidays and doing some stories when I was away in Cardiff, just saying, you know, look, everybody just calm down. Because Instagram were proposing to turn all content into kind of the reels format, you know, the kind of 19, 1080 by 1920. And people were just losing their minds. And, um, and then, of course, Instagram capitulated and rolled back from that so I feel like there's been lots of I feel like I've made lots of content to reassure people that you know or help people just to learn because I think what Instagram don't do is you know they'll say right there's a new feature but they don't show Instagram users generally how to do it so unless they're following somebody like us people just don't know so I feel like you know I would have planned what I'm going to post for the week and ditched it and had to be quite reactive um but I don't feel like it's kind of changed the way I feel about Instagram I just wish that they would just be a bit more kind of customer user focused and help their users to understand things um but I just feel like I have had to kind of constantly just been like you know on the ball and keep my eye on what's going on because the changes have just been constant I just hope next year the the changes are slightly less rapid fire but I'm not sure that they will be really I mean there was a customer uprising yeah yeah, the whole, Briefly. what was that, that hashtag? Something like still some... Make, make Instagram Instagram again, was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that was the first time that they had listened and, and responded. And I'm sure they're behind, I'm sure their backend metrics were telling them everybody was disengaging at that point and not using the app for as long and going to join TikTok because they might as well. Mila, do you advise your clients that it is still a platform that is worth their time and energy investing in? Oh my God, a hundred percent. Like I think if you go back to basics on Instagram and think about why you're really there and what you've got from it, you know, the community, the people that you get introduced to, the people that you meet or us four, for example, we all met via Instagram, you know, the partnerships you can set up, the collaborations, those are obviously just such plus points for me. And also it does drive traffic to your website. It does drive business. It does drive sales. And Apart from your time and effort, which obviously is huge, it is free. We don't have to pay to register. So I think, yeah, sometimes when there's all this hysteria, I just want to remind my audience of the basics, why we're on there and the free benefits that you do get from it, which I do think make it worthwhile every day. And it's about, uh, it's just about keeping a perspective and your expectations in check. You know, they, you know, like you say, it's free. We're not paying customers, although we pay with our time and our great content that we give them to fill their platform with. However, you know, you have to know that they are not super interested in our specific business needs or, you know, there is a game to be played and perhaps you, you know, while, you can give some great time and energy to the platform. There are things that you need to keep in in perspective as well. No, I was just going to add, I also wish that sometimes they remember that it's the businesses really that spend money advertising with them. Sometimes I think they could benefit from remembering that just a little bit more. Okay, I've got a new question. Dear Instagram dot dot dot, Kirsty, if you could talk to them directly, what would you say? What would you appeal for? I would keep being more transparent because that to me has been a really good step this year. So Adam Mosseri showing up on and talking to us, you know, I feel we're talking about, you know, what Instagram has been like. I feel like Instagram has been a bit like a sort of um, 
kind of distracted teenager this year, you know, and I've got teenagers in my house, so I know what that's like, you know, kind of distracted by all the shiny things that all its friends are doing, and it's trying to be a bit of everything. And um, so, but the one thing I think it has started doing very well is being more transparent. So Adam Demasseri showing up is really good. He's the head of Instagram. He's been showing up, sharing what the, the reasons are behind their developments. And that to me is good. You know, I think keep doing that more Instagram, please. And stop trying to be everything for everybody. That's not the way to success for me. Yeah, mine would be dear Instagram, decide what you're for, who you're for and what you're about, like like settle on it good things good brands like know know their lane and know what they stand for and they don't confuse their customers Lou dear Instagram oh I think better customer service after my recent experience of uh with a hacker where somebody uh, a scammer set up a fake account and unfortunately two of my followers were duped into thinking it was me and they had their accounts hacked after tapping on a link in a dm Luckily, one of them last week let me know that they managed to get their account back. But there is very little in terms of customer service. If something like that happens in terms of being able to get your account back, you know, once a hacker gets into your account, it's so difficult. And Instagram, don't make it easy. There is no customer service. And I think any other business out there, I don't think any of us would pay you know, obviously said we don't pay to use Instagram unless we're spending money on ads. But, you know, such there's so many users on the platform. It really needs to have some kind of customer service where you can speak to somebody and whether that is possible I don't know but I think users would be crying out for that across the globe Uh, yeah absolutely and if anybody listening um, doesn't have their two-factor authentication security settings switched on go and do it now Uh, Miller dear Instagram dear Instagram well it kind of touches on what you said Helen about knowing your audience but I would say dear Instagram stop trying to be so like TikTok and remember that why people, yeah, why people originally signed up to Instagram. It was a photo sharing app and people still love the photos. So let's not try and be somebody else. How can we be successful using Instagram next year? Uh, is it just reels, Kirsty? Do you know what? I think that um, the secret to particularly so if we're talking about small businesses, which I think is what most of the people that we work with now, I think that the secret to doing well on Instagram is telling your story. Okay. There's lots of things that aren't, that we are disadvantaged as small businesses, right? We don't have big marketing budgets. We don't have a big marketing team. We can't do big brand rollouts, that kind of thing. But as small businesses, we have our story and that's much harder for a big brand to do authentically and we can do it. So to me, the, the Instagram accounts that I'm naturally drawn to um, are the ones that are telling stories. They're treating Instagram like a TV channel. And to me, that's the big change is that they are, okay, thinking in video first and they're thinking, I'm, how do I entertain people? How do I inspire people? How do I educate people? And how do I do that with video? You know, we don't go onto the telly to watch the adverts. We go onto the telly to be entertained and inspired. And I think if you get your head around using Instagram to tell your story as a, as you would as if you were making a TV program, that's a really good mindset change. And that's what I'll be doing in 2023. Oh my goodness, that's what I meant to do in the last six months of this year and kind of haven't quite. I was going to talk so much more about how I build my products and I don't know, just that kind of like interesting stuff that the people that I work with want to know about. And I just kind of ha- haven't got around to it. But it, it's the best way. You're absolutely right. It's the stuff I watch too. 
It's exactly. It's, you know, and actually, I don't think that's hard content to create. It's documenting what you do, right? And, and actually, that's quite easy content to create, whether it's on stories or reels. You know, even if you just film yourself working on what you're doing and put a little quote over it as a reel, that kind of stuff that's much more authentic is what people love. You know, we all want a nosy through the door to see what you're up to. So, yeah, treat your a bit, you know, I mean, you know, set your boundaries, but think about it more like a reality tv program than a you know business marketing program yeah i think often the battle is in people's heads it's all the kind of like is anybody going to be interested in this stuff that stops people from knowing what to share in a more storytelling way lou what do you reckon how is the best way to do good instagram now I think, um, like Kirsty was saying, those fundamentals haven't changed. You know, people come to Instagram, you know, to be inspired, entertained, to connect, to learn something. Um, but I think, you know, there's undeniably a huge amount of content people are having to sift through before they find, you know, you know, the content they want. So I think keeping things as easy and simple for your customers, you know, it's those three same adages that's the word you know what is it that you do how can you help people and how can they buy from you and making that super easy because I think if, especially that how can they buy from you I think you know some people do the first two bits really well and then when it comes to actually saying and that thing costs 50 pounds tap on this link people I feel like it's a really British thing kind of you know draw back from that and I think people need to get better at that um and so, you know, keeping it simple and easy when you share that message. But also, like Kirsty said, I think getting into that habit of capturing footage of what you do all the time. You know, you might not use it for months, but you can then share it as a reel. You can share some, you know, transformations. You can share before and afters. But unless you're capturing that footage as you go, you can't replicate that situation again. So just get into that habit of collecting footage and putting it into an al- album on your camera roll and it's there. And just... You know, don't worry about what people think because people love that behind the scenes stuff. And that's behind the scenes stuff is so important because it's not enough, I don't think, just to say I make this nice thing. Do you want to buy it? People want to know all that backstory and, you know, the toil and the ups and downs. Yeah, well, that's the thing that will make the difference. That's why someone will choose you over someone else. What about you, Miller? What's your advice I think if you put some kind of intention behind each post and think about what you're trying to gain from that post, don't try to do too much from each post. Think, right, am I trying to make a sale from this post? Like Kirsty Zello with her reels, am I trying to let my audience get to know me a bit better? Am I trying to show what goes on in the office? And then think about who you're trying to get in front of. Who's your ideal reader of that post? Is it somebody who doesn't know you already? Is it somebody who currently follows you? And then you can start to break down that post and make it more intentional. So you can write to who you're trying to write to. And you can think, what am I trying to achieve from this post? Am I trying to direct traffic to my website? Am I trying to increase my email subscribers? And then I think Instagram becomes simpler. You're not trying to do too much at once. You're being strategic and you have a plan so that you are trying to meet your objectives, I think. I think that would be my main piece of advice for clients. I think it's a big mistake across all content is this trying to make one small piece of content do about 20 different jobs for you and it does none as a result and it's just like what's that all about too much I'm scrolling on by um what do you think about stories at the moment I've got some thoughts on kind of stories for next year that I'm going to share in an email actually but how are you using them Lou has that changed for you this year 
I think, I don't know if it has changed. I think especially when I've, you know, had something I've been launching, I've been, you know, and then selling, I've been using it lots. But I think, I think the, I still love stories. And I think when you think about stories being the fact that your stories just go out to your existing followers who are probably your, the people watching you, your most engaged followers, your biggest cheerleaders, and really using the stories to just drive that connection even further. Because if you can really connect with them, then, you know, you've got their attention. And, um, and I just find the more everyday stuff that I share is the stuff that gets the engagement still. So then if you've got their attention, then when you have got something that you want them to sit, you know, sit up and listen about, they tend to kind of, you know, react. And I've, I, I've used through the year, like you do, Helen, you know, when I've got uh, an online workshop or whatever it might be, you know, a wait list. And I really find people do respond to, you know, when I say, right, I've got a wait list. Here's the link. People do react, I think, because, you know, you, you that audience in your stories are really warmed up. You know, it's never like a cold, hard sell. So I think stories will, I hope, be here to stay because I still love them. Have you seen any drop in engagement on them, Miller? Mine have. I suppose it's difficult. It's slightly difficult for you to judge having seen such big audience growth in a year. Um, But I I think, I guess, because, you know, attention spans are split over so many different surfaces of Instagram now, the prioritising of reels. I've definitely noticed that getting great stories views is harder work. Same for you, Miller, or not? No, I actually find my story views are quite good. But again, I come back to the less is more. I've definitely posted less to my stories. And therefore, I think the views have gone up. But I would say that I absolutely love stories. It's my favorite part of Instagram. I think they're much easier. They're informal. And I think people, I think people enjoy content in stories. So and I also think stories sometimes is the go to for lots of people when they open the app, they go straight to stories as opposed to scrolling down their feed. So no, sorry, I slightly disagree with you, Helen. I think my story views are okay. Um, But having said that, I think there's very little we can do to control story views. You know, it's not like you can add hashtags and try and increase the views that way. It's kind of a wing it situation, I would say. Yes, make them more interesting, maybe. Um, But uh, what I I would definitely say that I have noticed, whereas a couple of years ago, kind of keeping your stories constantly ticking over might have been the advice I would give to people. Now I would say, if you haven't got anything to put on stories for two days, don't. You'll come back the day that you do and that you'll find the views have, have, have gone up quite a lot. And a really nice little content trend that I've noticed in the past few weeks um is sort of micro storytelling there's a couple of accounts that i follow um uh dame stephanie shirley who's um a uh a business woman and also um just helen marie um who is a psychologist and has this sort of quotey account they just share one story per day every day with a sort of meaningful quote or message on it and i've got really into the habit of checking for their one story a day and i think it's a really nice a really nice little content idea if you don't want to document your life in that way every day. How about you, Kirsty? Yeah, I tell you what I do now, which is the same as all of you. Like I used to be, oh my god, I've got to be on my stories every day. And I, there was lots of, you know, it feels really nostalgic, doesn't it? Those days where we were sort of sharing everybody else's content all the time, and you must look at this and you must look at that, and just does that just doesn't feel kind of right now um which is good and bad but what I found that works really well for me is a big story dump so I'll do that sounds a bit weird but <laughs> like a, like a story dump at six in the evening <laughs> clarify of like 12 stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not, not that 
Um, but a story dump for, of videos. So if, I've, if we've run a workshop or we've done um, some kind of learning of the day, what I won't do is share the stories throughout the day. What I'll do is at six o'clock, come on and share quite a curated selection of stories, usually video content with maybe something in it that really takes people through a story. So maybe even up to 20 stories, but that tells a real story through it. And that kind of stuff, you know, my retention level on those stories is the highest I'll ever get. And the, the engagement I get is good. So I would rather do that once a week rather than random stories, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. Again, a message of like, don't just become anxious about not having posted and chuck any old crap out there and then get disappointed because the engagement's not great and so the cycle continues. When we met for our Christmas lunch the other week, we got to talking about something that I've thought about a bit since then about shooting video. Kirsty, you know, you made a brilliant point at the beginning of the episode about how you know, it's it's almost inescapable that you're going to have to lean into video content, whatever platform you're sharing on. But a lot of people really lack the confidence and basic skills to shoot a good bit of video. Um, and it's one of those things that I've been doing for so long now that I think I forget all the little lessons that I've learned along the way about how to make a good short bit of video content, whether that is for Instagram Reels or your Instagram stories or whatever it's for. Um Miller, have you got maybe one or two simple tips for anybody who's feeling a bit like, oh, I don't really know how to make great videos? Join Kirsty's Real Rockstar group. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but I think also I think I will I will put a link in the show notes for that. I think um experiment, I would say experiment with camera angles. I'm not talking about fancy equipment, I'm just talking about your iPhone, but think about the angles that you're taking video from experiment with turning your phone upside down possibly experiment with going lower you know you don't always have to be filming at you know your normal head standing height just experiment and experiment maybe with slow-mo speeding up videos nothing really fancy everything like I said that you can do on your iPhone but just try things differently I think because it's all about I think it's all about when I see a, a dodgy piece of video content it's normally like nothing much is happening in it and I know that the, there are real exceptions to that like a beautiful sunset or something captivating in its stillness but for most of us we want to create video that holds the attention of someone's eye and brain which means that something needs to happen in it fairly quickly so if you can create lots of different kinds of shots taken from different angles different speeds whatever the end result is that it holds our attention better. What about you, Lou? What video tips have you picked up along the way? Well, funny enough, I saw, I don't know if any of you follow an account called Ethan Barber, who um, is based in New York. And he is, um, he just shares basically like cityscapes from New York. And he shared some really good tips last night that have come to mind. And he basically said, if you're taking footage of something that is static, that is standing still, then you move, you know, the camera. But if something is moving, you keep the camera still. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, one to think about and he's a really good account to follow I think he shares some brilliant tips because um, I hadn't really thought about that before um, I think as well like spend time looking through your reels tab you know and do a bit of mindless scrolling because I think it's a great way to get inspiration to see like what is obviously you know some things just go viral because they go viral but it's really good to see what gets engagement and see try to understand why it has and you know is it a very like slow sweeping reel is it lots of you know short clips but even in those short clips how have they captured that bit of video um because I think you can learn quite a lot just going through that reels tab 
my my tips on video are I've got three probably. So the first one would be invest in the best equipment you can afford. You know, it is really hard to make good video if you're on a really old iPhone or Android phone that has got a really bad camera. Okay, so first of all, spend the amount of money that you can afford the most you can on the best phone. So I've got the iPhone 13 Pro Max, which I have a big one because I spend my whole life staring at a tiny screen. So, but it's got cinematic mode on it for video, which is a real game changer in terms of shooting video content. So the 13 onwards has cinematic mode. It's a real game changer. Um, Number two, really simple, clean your lens. Like literally so many videos that I see when people come to us and they're first starting to make reels, there's bits smeary and dirty and it's just a, just literally get your tissue out and clean your lens. Um, And the third thing is don't be scared of going to ask for help, right? None of us are trained videographers. None of us went to tally school. None of us trained camera people. You know, the, if it's going to take you nine months to get your head around how to film some video content, go and talk to somebody that knows how to do it and ask them some help to give you some tips. I think we've all done training with various different people, you know, to kind of, you know, go, you know, I, I need help here. So um, so I don't be scared to go and ask for some help would be my third tip. And I got some great tips from somebody who did go to TV school, Lottie Stevenson. Hello, Lottie, who was a BBC um, video reporter. Uh, and her best bit of advice that she gave me early, early doors when I first started making IGTVs, if anybody remembers those, um, was to just be very, very controlled about how much footage you're recording, like two, three seconds at a time. That You see people standing holding their phones like at a concert or something or whatever like filming minutes and you're like what are you going to do with that my friend 10 minutes worth of footage no if you can just shoot the shortest little bits and stick that all together you do yourself a huge favor when it comes to editing it and making that whole process much much quicker can I do one caveat on that um so um, earlier this year, I did a thing where I had to dance. I had to dance on Instagram for thirty days and make a reel every day, which was a whole thing in itself for a charity. So, but um, through that process, what I discovered was that the behind-the-scenes footage of me dancing around like a muppet on Instagram did better than nearly any other kind of content that I created. And the way I did that was by by leaving my phone running the, the, and recording the bits around the edges. So I wasn't recording 20 minutes, but the bits in between where it went wrong or where the thing fell over. And I loved your reel yesterday, Helen, where I think you were talking about your new um, uh, freebie kind of content. And then you sort of drop the papers at the end. And I love that kind of authenticity. And so um, I de- we definitely say to all our rock stars, when you are filming your reel, leave it running a little bit at the end for the bit where you go wrong or, you know, you drop your papers or whatever happens, because that's really human. And we love that. That humanity is really good. Outtakes. Great tip. I love it. Uh, and I did self-consciously leave that bit in where I mucked up and I dropped the paper. And because I, and I, and I, I knew it, it just makes it makes better telly. You just you kind of know that. Um, so on the uh, like, so, yeah, no, none of us have been to TV school. Do, would you consider yourself, Miller, to be like a natural person who goes out on the internet to talk about their work? Or is that something that you have had to learn to become comfortable with? Oh, my God. Let me tell you, when I was at university and they said you had to do a presentation as part of your module, I pretended that I'd crashed my car so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> 
Like the thought of doing any of that before I set up Pink Storm was horrendous. Um, but you have to do it, don't you? If you're, if you are the face of your business, it's like if you go and you sell products at a charity fair. If you're standing behind that table selling your products, no one else will sell them as well as you can. So that's how I approach it with Pink Storm. I think, right, you've got to do this, so just do it. And there's no doubt that confidence builds the more you do it, 100%. Um, but no, I would never have said that I was going to sell. And now it's such a huge part of my business. And there's no doubt that since I started showing my face, telling people, speaking, talking about it on stories or in reels or on grid posts, the uptake has been massive. So I would really say if you're thinking about it next year, if you're thinking about trying to actually sell something yourself, just go for it. You've got to do it. I just thought it was worth taking that moment to remind people kind of like where we are on our journey with this stuff and, you know, don't compare our, you know, I just, I, I, show, I looked at my very, very beginning bottom of my Instagram feed and the first bit of myself that I ever put on it was my feet. That was like, that was it. I was like, I'm going on to Instagram. Here are my shoes. How about you, Lou? Do, uh, are, are you, are you an extrovert in that way? Um, yeah, I'd probably say opposite to Miller. It, I, I had a yeah. feeling that might. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Talking on stories is, is, you know, and that's probably where we all started was talking on stories before we started doing IGTV and reels. Yeah, n- never really been a problem. But when I look back at my, you know, IGTVs from three years ago, I didn't look or sound like me. I, I didn't know who I was trying to be. I think I was trying to be some kind of like BBC news reader. So I ha- think I have, as much as I don't find it uncomfortable, I think I've learned just to relax and just be me. And, you know, undoubtedly, like Miller said, you know, it's the, you know, the biggest factor in connecting with my audience and growing my business and community and, you know, driving sales is when people see me. And also for me, it's really important because we work with our clients, you know, face-to-face, whether it's on Zoom in real life, that they get to meet me so they can make that decision whether they want to invest in working with me. Um, and, you know, and I still really, it's a really big part of the work that I do with my clients, encouraging them just to show up in, you know, the way that they can within their own boundaries, but how important it is, you know, for people to be able to put that face to the name, because I think it's the the factor that separates you from all the other people in your field, if people can feel like they can put that face to a name. Um yeah, but I, yeah, I, I do, I do like talking to stories. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it becomes like, it becomes nothing so quickly. Something that can feel so massive in the beginning becomes just second nature very quickly. Kirsty, your account is the, the newest like, out of all of us. Were you, were you ready with your full face of makeup and your great hair to come onto Instagram? Or did you have to persuade yourself a little bit to do it? Oh my God, I had literally, um, I don't know if you remember back in like June, when I started in June 2020, I made myself go on stories every day for a week. And I was learning, I was actually training in Instagram at the time with um, an organization. And Lou, you'll never believe this. So I went back and looked in the private Facebook group that I was in this training program about how to use different types of social media. And I did this thing where I did the stories every day for a week on Instagram and I had like five followers and I did a post in the Facebook group and it said, hi guys, I've gone on my stories every day. It's going really well. And you won't believe, oh my God, Lou at Spark Socials just shared my story. I can't believe it. And it just reminded me because I think it's really easy to get to really quickly. And I, Lou, honestly, when you did that, I remember going, oh my God, I can't believe it. Lou shared my stuff. And, um, and it, it reminded me. 
me how how quickly you can you can get used to it okay so because it that when I look back at that post in that Facebook group you know two years ago I was literally terrified it took me all day to make a one story talking on camera so it's once you start I do feel like now I've got to the stage where when I was doing those 30 reels every day the content to me now has become so kind of I, I agree with you Miller that we need to create valuable content but also I think there's an element of reels where they are really disposable and you kind of get into the stage where you're like okay I've made a reel onto the next one and when you get that freedom in your head that you're like not so attached to the content it doesn't matter I don't, it doesn't matter if I don't look perfect I didn't get it quite right it's like fish and chip paper it's gone it's on to the next day so um yes I think I it was it's been a journey <laughs> I think one thing I notice working with product businesses and service business people who are product businesses find it much harder to put themselves in front of the camera they would much rather say look at my beautiful thing I make um and I think it's helping people to realize that you know it's you know if you you know you want not to worry about what other people think particularly if those are people who are friends and family in your network because they're not going to be the people buying your business you know your products and services and separating that from the business and just think right if this is good for business for me to show up and people to see me then that's what you need to be trying to do we're always buying more than just a thing we were buying into a brand or a product or a person i'm so much more likely to go and buy a candle from my mate ruth than i am from you know, Diptyque, who I don't know, I don't know who makes them, you know, you, you just are. So that's the kind of connection we're trying to create. What were you going to say, Miller? I was just going to say, I think it's also worth remembering, like Kirsty said, the everyday content, the everyday person using your products or using your services, that's going to sell so much more than a professional shot of, I don't know, a pair of trainers. If you take Nike, for example, they focus so much now on posting everyday people wearing their trainers as opposed to professional photography. And I think that's another angle that we all need to look into next year, how to make our feeds and our content more about the everyday person as opposed to the, you know, stylish model holding our handbag. Cool. I like that tip. Um, so like Instagram for, for me is a place of discovery and I don't know, I hate using the funnel word but it's where people might might first find out about what I do and then uh and then they might come and join my email list or listen to a podcast hello um and actually truthfully I I far enjoy spending my time on on the emails and the podcasts now but but I recognize Instagram plays an important role in driving both of those other things what other things uh, content creation wise do you do you do in your business Kirsty? Um, well, I would say that a year ago, I would have said I was just doing Instagram and I hadn't even got a website then. Um, so the, 2022 has been complete game changer for me in terms of what I've been doing off Instagram. And it's had a really had the biggest change to my business as a result. So, you know, we're, for our Reels Rockstars coaching, we've now got a, a website for that. We now have a paid newsletter that goes out, a marketing newsletter that's earning money each each email. Um, and, and so those two things have been really, really big for me. And I think the other three, the other thing that's been really big for me is working with some opinion leaders. So I have, we have, um, been lucky enough to work with some really big people in the homes and garden space, which is where, you know, I specialize, you know, like Sophie Robinson interiors, and we went to Great Dixter and lots of people in that space whose value, whose opinion I value and who other people value have been endorsing us and working with us. And that has been really, really big for our business. So I think thinking about 
who within your um, space that you can collaborate with um, is is a has been probably the the most significant change to my business beyond you know just creating content on Instagram. Yeah, I think collaboration. I've I um. I think lives are still a really great way to kind of create content that's really valuable. Um, I did a really self-indulgent one in the summer where I got to do a live with one of my favourite authors, um, which I couldn't believe that she'd said yes. And I was like an excited child. But people just really enjoyed that because it was just a one-off opportunity for people to get to, you know, meet Lisa Jewell. But, you know, I think lives are a brilliant way to you know, deliver content. Um, but I think, you know, like Millie was saying, I think creating content that is for your audience and is authentic um, and just trying to get your message out there. Um, but also, like Kirsty said, you know, if you can get, you know, other people, you know, real people endorsing what you do, you know, sharing what you do. And actually, that's a real moot point, because like Kirsty said, people just aren't sharing other people's content to their stories in the same way. Um, but one thing I've been doing differently is I've been using LinkedIn more. Um, I would never really used it. And it's been it's been really good for me. You know, I've, I've kind of, you know, worked with different sorts of clients than I work with just your Instagram via LinkedIn. I've been doing some more in-person networking as well, which has been really um, just, you know, quite an eye opener. Um, and also just using my, you know, email list, you know, in kind of tandem with Instagram, but really using Instagram to tell people to, you know, or, you know, uh, enable people to join waitlist and to sign up to my email um, and you know using those in a kind of joined up way that I maybe wasn't necessarily doing last year cool I like LinkedIn I, I wish I could engage with it more but you can't do everything Miller you're good at LinkedIn um yeah I like LinkedIn as well for the same probably reasons that Lou it brings me a different client base 100% it's much more about the corporates for me on LinkedIn um, and I work in collaboration with a couple of PR agencies in London and their clients are always on LinkedIn. So it's good for me to be there. So yeah, I do agree that LinkedIn's great, but I just think also, you know, try and not spread yourself too thin, do one platform really well, as opposed to two or three, not so well. Yeah, I would definitely give yourself permission to, um, to park something and not be constantly, you know, that little voice in your head saying, why haven't I attacked LinkedIn and writing articles there every week and you know you just can't do it all but I would I would utterly recommend starting an email list if you haven't got one already you've got to get some of those contacts you're collecting on Instagram or wherever you're collecting them into your possession in a, in another location because that's the, that is so valuable to your business but I mean you have an email list don't you Miller? I do. And actually, I work um, alongside in my other, I have a digital partnership called A Few Great Women. And Hannah, who's in that partnership, drives email and she uses a tool called Clavio. And it's really interesting because whenever we have, we finish a project with a client, we sit down and we look at the results. And the actual tangible results that you can see from email is insane. And I always come to the meetings feeling like, oh, you know, yes, you can, you can see how much traffic you've driven from Instagram. You can't actually see if somebody's made a sale, but from email, when you can see what one email has generated 700 pounds in revenue, you know, that's, it's amazing. So yeah, email a hundred percent you must be doing, I would say, whether you sell a product or a service. 
I, I just thought of one more thing that I've been doing more is actually looking at the data. So I've got a Squarespace website and I've got the app on my phone. So when I'm, you know, in the launch period for whatever it is, a workshop and in-person thing, I, you know, I keep, you know, every day looking at the data on there and seeing how many hits that page has got. And obviously you don't want to obsess over it, but it's, you know, really useful. Um, and, you know, looking at the stats for from MailChimp um, and looking at the stats on Instagram, obviously there's loads of analytics. Um, but I think, you know, keeping... You know, that's been useful for me to work out what's working, what's not. Good advice that I will not take, but that's <laughs> just my personality. Um, okay, guys, what are your, I, I suppose, I don't know, trend tips for the next year? What do you think we are going to be doing with our contents? What are you going to try? Kirsty. Um, okay, so my big my big focus obviously is on reels. So I think we are going to see um, trends moving much faster. People getting sick of them much more quickly. So if you are wanting to jump on trending audios and trends that you're seeing, and there are advantages to that, you need to move really fast. So I think that's going to be you're going to see trends coming and going much more quickly. I think there's going to be much more original content. I think that that trend has been building through this year. And I think if you want to um, do well on reels, you should be thinking much more about original content going forward. Um, and I'm excited to see what comes apart from the millions of things Instagram keeps throwing at the wall of new features I'm quite excited about subscriptions and reels play so that's what I want to know more about next year so um yeah that's me mm. um touching also on what Kirsty said I think it's the short form content the really you know 15 to 30 seconds max and I think um the community pages are going to be really interesting to watch so Instagram has said that they're going to start bringing out community pages i think that could be a game changer for lots of people especially on the collaborations route um but yes that would probably be my two short form content whether it's video or reels and yeah communities definitely i think shopping i think we're going to see you know instagram introduced those new shopping features a few weeks ago um which they've in part rolled out where other people can share uh, products from your shop to their stories and to their posts. I would really love to see Instagram roll out the Instagram shopping for service businesses. Um, I had a slight dabble about a month ago and then had to kind of roll that back when Facebook said, Meta said to me, no, you're not allowed to do it. And I think there's no reason why service businesses can't use Instagram shopping because I think driving the ways to increase those sales, you know, in the app is good for everybody, I think. Yeah, that's another one, dear Instagram. It would be blinding to be able to start. They'd get a cut of it, like everybody does, if they if they let us, potentially, something like an Eventbrite model or something like that. Um, uh, and my trend tip it is off Instagram, and it would be around email newsletters, which are growing exponentially at the moment, partly because everybody's really fucked off with Twitter. And I think that loads of those people are going and just going like, I'm just going to share my clever, pithy thoughts on a newsletter rather than on, on Elon Musk's Twitter. Uh, and my very last, thank you, this has been so good. My very, very last question, I promise, is just like how to stay sane with it all in this coming year like I had a funny turn in the summer I got a bit burnt out with Instagram not Instagram my business I think the whole thing and I feel really good now which is a nice lesson to know that you can kind of come through it and not have to give everything up and I don't know learn to knit instead but how do you how do you kind of keep your mental health good around these apps 
and the demands of being engaged with lots of people all the time, serving them? Look, that's a really hard question. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think, you know, we said the word boundaries quite a lot in this. I think it's really deciding, like, being quite clear with yourself, like how much time you've got and just being like, right, I know, Kirsty, you do this, you know, you switch off on a Friday and like, right, and you do a story and say, right, I'm not back until Monday. And just, you know, giving yourself some slack and not thinking that even though we are Instagram specialists, Instagram experts, that we have to be on it the whole time. Because I think I'm definitely have been guilty of that and um you know just take a step back and just think right you know because you've got to balance the actual work with the content you're creating and just think you know it's the actual work that is paying you know for you to do that content creation so I think I'm just going to be a bit more measured with my time I'm not sure time management is my best skill I think I need to go on a course if anybody knows of one (laughs) uh Mila do you switch off at weekends I do definitely. Yeah, I'm very rarely on Instagram. Well, I am on Instagram, but I'm a lurker. But I would say my top tip is to set up a community like this, a little group where you've got like-minded souls that you can have a rant to, you can jump on Zoom and have a quick chat to. Because I think talking to people who are in a similar situation is absolutely key. So I'm very grateful for this group that we set up because it helps every day. Yeah, it's really good. It's, I think it, quite quite often the only thing is to go, oh, yeah, other people feel the same. <laughs> other people are having exactly the same challenges. How about you, Kirsty? Um, yes, I totally resonate, actually. Everything you said about like getting a bit overwhelmed by it. Because when I did that thing where I was, you know, had to be on Instagram every day for 30 days, I got to the stage and I was pretty broken by the end. It was for a very good cause that was close to my heart, so I didn't mind doing it. But at the end, I had to literally, I deleted Instagram from my phone for a week because I just, I, I felt completely burnt out by it. And, and I think that's really easy to do. So I actually, I do switch off on a Friday until Monday morning and I actually delete the app from my phone because that's the only way I can stop myself looking at it. And that's how I know how addicted it is. So I delete it from my phone. And um, uh, I think the other good tip is just stop stop following your, your competitors, literally. Just go around now. Maybe even if you're following 10 of them, get rid of eight. Just stop following. Don't. It's, it's, su- it's so pervasive um, and it's such a hindrance to the creative process. Don't follow any of them if ideally, you know, apart from, you know, I follow us guys and that's it because... No, I'm nodding, you know. wide, I'm nodding wildly. It's such a distraction in terms of that, that, you know, keeping in touch with what you know that you need to be doing and what you, you the customers that you really work with, what they need from you can so easily be pulled away with thoughts of, oh my God, should I be doing what that person's doing? I'm not doing that. And oh, they're so far ahead of me and they're obviously making so much more money, which is probably not even true anyway. Um... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for that. My tip would be just really to try and be as realistic as possible about what it's possible for one or a small group of people to achieve in a week. It's much less than we think and we constantly beat ourselves up about not doing all the things that we set out to do at the beginning of the week and it's because we're completely unrealistic often about how long everything's going to take. Um, here's to another great year. On, on Instagram and off Instagram. Ladies, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us. us. Oh, you're so polite. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> Happy Yay. Christmas. Happy New Year. I enjoyed that immensely. Thank you, Lou, Miller and Kirsty. You always managed to make me feel cheerful about Instagram again. But listen, it comes down to this. Is it serving you well? 
Instagram plays an important role in my work still because so many of my people hang out there and see my posts and chat with me in the DMs. It's not my priority, but it is an important channel for me and I try to take it seriously. As seriously as anyone should take Instagram. Keep being you, make content that feels true and good and right to you in your work and that will serve your long-term goals, not stuff that simply pleases and algorithm. Feel free to invest time in Instagram or not invest time in Instagram if the results are not clear for you. Now, share this episode with your friends if you found it useful. I would love to know what you think. And if you are taking your Insta seriously in 2023, I really do suggest you go and catch up with an excellent episode from series three of Just Bloody Post It with food blogger Sarah Barnes, Taming Twins, who's nailed her Insta utterly and has quadrupled her audience to more than 300,000 followers in the past 12 months alone. I'll link to that one in the show notes. Thank you always for listening. Series six will be back in the new year. Bye.